And so now it's about how do you look good on credit? How do you look good uh, to other people? And this is about now being attractive, not physically, but mentally. And if you can get the mindset piece right, the money is, don't worry about the money. The, the, the Worry about what you want. I'm big on the whiteboard and the vision board. The how is none of your business. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome, everybody. Today we are joined by joined by yeah that might make sense sitting with joined <laughs> sitting by with, um, Gary Hibbert. <laughs> so um, Gary, uh, we met I guess a couple couple years ago, something like that, um, and we got to chatting, and I just got to following everything that you're doing when um, from your podcast to your all your investment companies and your work with uh, our neighborhood realty brokerage. So we are so thankful that you've joined us today because I know a lot of people have a lot of interest in learning more about investing, helping their own clients, as well as maybe uh, expanding their own real estate portfolios. So thanks for coming. And, and maybe if you want to give yourself a bit of an introduction before we get started. Yeah, sure. And listen, again, thank you very much for having me here. Um, I, I, I love doing these podcasts. I, I love uh, sharing what I've learned over the years. Um, you know, I always say, I think people who make a lot of mistakes should always do podcasts and webinars. And so I've made lots. So, <laughs> so I think, I, think I, I got a few things that I could hopefully uh, share with, with your listeners. But, um, you know, I used to work in the corporate world. I uh, did that for about 15 years uh, at TD Bank. And uh in 2008, I just kind of decided that, like, you know, something wasn't right. And I, and I, and I, and I just felt, I'll, I'll tell you this, the real story was I was sitting by the water cooler, actually the water cooler, hanging out with a couple of coworkers. I'm like, hey, get out of here. how do we, how do we, how do we like, get out of this job and, and live a life of freedom? And the hard part is that when you're talking to people that are in the same situation as you, it's like asking crabs, hey, how do you get out of this bucket? But they don't know because they're in the same bucket as you. And so then I started searching and I found people that were where I wanted to be and started learning from them. And uh, fast forward, we started our own um, real estate investment uh, club and, and we love working with real estate investors and, uh, and it's really kind of helped to change my life. And, 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 but the real estate investing piece is more of the object that I think you always got to be more focused on the why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And, and, and so it, it's really helped us and we love to kind of give back and, and help others. So that kind of, uh, in, in, in a quick way, it fast forwards you to today where you're involved in a number of different things as Katie was touching on. Um, I, I mean, we're going to be talking about real estate investing, but you're, you're not a one trick pony, as they say, right? I mean, it might, it, might, it might orbit around similar themes, but maybe we'll talk a bit about how that idea and how, you know, joining a group and learning that it's something that supported your why um, became what you've got now? Like, what are the different pillars that you're focused on right now in the business that you do? Um, so all the different moving pieces that we've got, like as of today? 
Yeah, well, like I, I guess, like you've got as far as like the companies that you are running right now and that you're most involved in and what you do day to day. Sure. So, I mean, and I think any time that you start a business, you know, you always want to, uh, you, you always start off wearing multiple hats, right? But then you 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 then have to then start to recognize these different hats and and bring people in to help you with that as well too. And so we've got the the, the real estate investment club, which is Smart Home Choice. Um, we've had that now for about 10 years and really that's just like a one-stop shop for any investor that wants to learn about real estate investing, right? And so we just have that power team from the realtors to the accountants to the lawyers to everything that you need to, to, to be successful. Then we have, um, we had a rent to own company as well too. So people that were um, looking to get into home ownership, but they didn't have maybe the credit required, but they had the income and a partial down payment. Um, so that was called rent to own today. Um, then we have a private lending company called Deep Pockets, which also helps our investors. So it's more along the lines for first or second mortgages or what you might consider sometimes called hard money lending. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have a, a mentorship program where I've started. Uh, late last year, and this is more for it's like it's 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 a six month program, more specifically geared for an individual who wants that hand holding, learning about goal setting, the different fundamentals in real estate investing, uh, the difference between money and currency, and how it works, and what's happening in the market today, and how to analyze it taxes, organization, everything that we've learned over the over the course of, uh, I would say, the last, you know, uh, 10, 11 years. Mm -hmm. uh, see that, man, that's a, that's a lot of businesses we've got going on. Yes, yeah, you're busy. This, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few things on the go. Yeah. <laughs> I know, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's incredible, though. Um, I know a lot of people, and we were talking in the Facebook group about just the challenges as realtors are facing, um, potentially working with investment clients, knowing how to direct people. Um, that positive cash flow, especially when you're working in the GTA market, is something that I, I would think is kind of unheard of at this point. So, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what would you recommend for somebody that's looking to start helping? investors with their money where how would you direct them where would you start yeah so if uh like for realtors and, and how do they help their clients yeah yeah, yeah exactly so there's, there's a couple of different ways that they can do it right one if if their clients want to stay in the gta it, it, mm -hmm. it is difficult however um they there are alternatives it can be private lending Right. Mm -hmm. You could go to the actual seller, do a VTB potentially. Um, mm -hmm. And so long as the numbers work, that's all you do is just crunch the numbers. If they work great. You got a deal. If they don't work, then you got to maybe start taking a look at secondary markets um, out maybe in Durham um, or out in Peterborough. Or yeah. out in you know and start, to, but you also have to understand the fundamentals, like what's happening with infrastructure, what's happening with the vacancy rate, what's happening with the job growth, uh, population, and then once you have a good understanding of that, and, and there's different resources out there where you can where you can find this, um, then those are a, a, a great strategy. And I've always been moving to different markets. When I start take a look at when I first started in 2008, we were buying in Whitby, then we mm -hmm. went to Oshawa. 
Then we went to Curtis and Bowmanville in Newcastle. Then we went to Peterborough. Now we've looked in Bob Cajun and Millbrook and all these little other secondary type of markets, right? So um, you don't have to change your strategy. It can just be you have to just change your market. Right. right? Different yeah. ways of doing it. But if you don't want to change your strategy, then you got to look at different types of creative financing. That's the only other way that it's going to work. So on that note, if if I'm a realtor who's been doing some work and my my wheelhouse has been in, let's call it residential resale, like we haven't touched investing, but now people are calling and people are inquiring and I want to get into that world. Right. We talk a lot with realtors uh, in other regions who sometimes say like cottage country, for example, who say, well, if you're a city person, you probably shouldn't be selling cottages and investing as a as a segment. If you don't know investing as a professional advising your clients, but you want to get into it, mm-hmm. what would be, uh, you know, some of the key, would you say it's important to surround yourself with the people who can support you? Or is it best to try to develop a base set of knowledge? And if so, what would that be if I'm looking to get into it and to start supporting my clients? Where do I need to build my own knowledge to be confident and competent in doing that? Yeah, yeah. And I think you hit it there is that you you have to surround yourself with the right people. Uh, I'll give you an example. I remember when I first started and I was like, okay, I'm a real estate investor and I'm also a realtor now. And so I started taking clients out to Barry, bought an investment property, took a client out to Kitchener, bought an investment property. Looking back, I was not doing my clients any justice mm-hmm. because I don't know the Barry market. I don't know the neighborhoods. I don't know the rents. I don't understand the, I mean, I can look them up, but you know, you could, you could buy on the wrong street, right? You could be close to, um, you know, you, you may be in a, in a neighborhood where there's a floodplain that happens a lot, like out in Peterborough. And so if you're a realtor, you don't understand floodplains or where it is. And you say, okay, I'm going to buy this investment property or my client's going to buy it. And now they want to convert it to a two unit. What if you can't put that secondary unit in there because it's on a floodplain or you don't have the right height in the basement or you don't have the right width in the driveway? There's a lot of moving pieces that you have to understand. Now, for us, again, we've been doing it for so long. Every municipality is going to be different. So you have to hang out with the local experts and 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 or start joining webinars, seminars. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff going on right now, but you have to fully educate yourself before you can start taking your clients out. And if you can't, like for me, if I've got a client that comes to me and I know an expert out in Barrie, I'm sending them to that realtor out in Barrie or I'm sending them to that realtor out in Hamilton because that is not my market. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's, that's, that's great advice. And it's funny, like, you know, you look back at all the things and I, I do the same thing. I look back at the things that I did when I first started. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what was I thinking? You know, but I think we all go through that, but it's good to hear that advice because it is really important, especially these days, um, because people are kind of bouncing, like buyers we hear all the time are bouncing from, okay, let's try Windsor and then we'll go to London and then we'll go to Barrie. And it's like, ah, like, how do I help? Like as one agent, you kind of have to team up or something to get that. You do. And I get yeah. the beginning is tough, right? Because that first mm-hmm. year you're trying to get your clients, you don't want to give them away. I get yeah, it. But, exactly. you also, but you also want to make sure that you're providing the best service to your clients, right? At least, you know what, you're getting 25% of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think, um, you know, things will always come back. And as you grow, you'll realize that you're making the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
Now, on, on that note, like with investors, do you find every, every case is different, but do you find that investors, it's almost like a drug for them? If they're doing it successfully, they want another one and another one and another one. And the goal is building the portfolio or are most of them casual? What you're seeing now where it's somebody who just knows I want something that's a, you know, an extra piece of equity or cash flow for me that I have, but that's it. You're seeing a combination of both, right? So I think a lot of people will get into real estate investing and they and they they want to buy at least one investment property. And then they start to grow their portfolio because it does become addictive. Mm-hmm. However, I've seen this as well too, where some investors now grow a portfolio of 100 to 200 or 300 doors. Now, that seems, it is a lot. And it's like, how can you possibly get there? And I remember me and my wife, we were going into that direction. We had gotten up to around uh, 19 properties and I'm looking at my peers around me and I'm like, okay, we got to buy an apartment, right? We, we, we got to, we, this is where we got to go. This is where everybody else is going. And then we, we had to take a step back and I talked, ended up talking to one of my early mentors and he's like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And then you, you take a step back and you're like, yeah, why am I doing that? And so I think it's always important to understand your why, because we didn't need any more doors. We we'd, we'd built our wealth. And so we took a step back and then we actually started selling off some of our properties to free up our time to mm-hmm. then say, what is it that I want to really do with my life? And then you start now really dreaming and which is like, I love doing this. I love doing the podcast. I love doing the webinars, but more importantly, what 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 I what we did was, and this is, goes back to a conversation that I, I had when I was at TD before I became kind of dis- disgusted with my life, was I can't wait till I'm 65 years old. Mm. Like, oh my God, I want to wish away like 30, 35 years of my life just so yeah. I can retire. Right. And so then what we did was we built a business so that we could retire twice a year. And so in July and August, we shut the company down and we go to the cottage, we hang out. Um, and obviously pre-COVID, we party up at the cottage, sea-doos, boats, drinking, shots, everything. <laughs> and then by the end of August, we're like, I don't want to party anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go back to work and then we work our butts off from, you know, September until end of November. And we're almost burnt out and we're like, we're done. And then we go on another hiatus for two months. That is a little mm-hmm. bit of work that goes on there. But it's more like planning. But um, it's it's why wait till you're 65 to retire? Why not retire uh, every year? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. That might be our new our new goal slogan. Yeah. Why not retire every year? Yeah. Like <laughs> and, and, and so and here's the interesting thing as well too is that our investors and our members they they all know this. Mm-hmm. And yet, continue to be members throughout the year, paying $50 a month to be a part of our group. And it's because we're showing them, yes, it can be done. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so we're trying to, you know, live the life that we're preaching. Yeah. And do you find that's why most people come to you? Is that their why they want to have a more fulfilling life, something that drives them every single day and excites them? Exactly. It, yeah. It's about, it's, it's, I think it's about going on a journey together with mm-hmm. that yeah. same vision and the same goals and the same ideas and learning from each other. Right. right? And that's probably yeah. why you guys enjoy doing the podcast as well, too. I think sometimes you're always kind of looking for what is it that, you know, 
this individual over here is doing? How are they doing it? And then you you start to apply some of the things that they've done into your life that you like and that makes sense. And then the people that look up to you and the realtors in your office, they start to see what you guys are doing and, and then take some of those principles and ideas and apply it to their life. Mm -hmm. right? so you guys are setting examples in your own uh, you know, realm and space as well, too. Right. Absolutely. Do, yeah. do you find that the people who you mentor, the people who learn from you, to your point, are they pulling pieces of those lessons and trying to apply those to their own clients? And that's part of the secret sauce to them building their own growth themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also what it does as well, too. So look, in, in the beginning, again, I, and I go back to that nine to five. It's There was a time when it, you have the scarcity mindset. And, um, and and I find when you're in this real estate investing world, it's more in an abundant mindset. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first started sitting down with some of these investors that had multiple doors and we'd go out for lunch and they'd, they'd, they'd tell me exactly how they did it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at work, some people are giving me some information, but not all of it, because then what if I leapfrog over them? Yeah. In right. this space, they, they, they've learned it's more, here's what they do first. They understand the mindset piece because the mindset in this, and you guys probably know this as well too, is it's more of a 95, five, 95 mindset, 5% skill set. Yeah. I may even take it a little bit further. And I, and, I, and I heard this from a good friend of mine as well too, where he's like, no, I think it's actually 70% mindset, 20% environment and, mm. and or 25% or 20% environment and 5% mindset. Yeah. Right. No, and you see that. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah, and the environment is just, is who are you spending time with? Who are you hanging out with? Exactly. That's, you know, that, that's what really kind of helps to change uh, your your perspective on life, right? Yeah. Right. So speaking of teaming up as in, like as investors, do you find that that's a common way for people that might not have the money um, on their own to buy something that they can team up? with a few different ones and, and work together? Is that a trend you're seeing or is that something that's common in the investment world? That is something that's been around for years, a long yeah. time. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, even when we first started, the very first investment property that we bought, um, I'll tell you a story, it was in 2008. This is mm -hmm. like just, this is kind of like when that market crash was starting to happen in the US. Mm -hmm. and, um, it, it was $200,000 for this property in Oshawa, 40 year amortization, zero down. Okay, zero down, okay? So we had to pay the lawyer costs and the land transfer, so it worked up to like $3,000, okay? okay? I'll show you how, how um, difficult things were for myself and my wife at the time. We didn't have the $3,000. Mm. And the reason being was because we had refinanced everything. We got rid of all of our HELOCs, all of our credit cards were like, we're done because we kept putting ourselves into this, into, into debt. And the only thing that saved us was our, was our, our primary residence. And we had to refinance it's like the third time we had to refinance. And so we're like, we're done with all this, man, I want no more HELOCs or home equity line of credit for anybody who doesn't know lines mm -hmm. of credits, um, credit cards. And so then I actually had to go to a friend and said, Hey, look, uh, you want to put $1,500 in with me and we'll be joint venture partners. And that was the very first investment property that I that I ended up picking up. Mm. The second one was a joint venture. The third one, we finally kind of got our footing and, and bought that one on our own. And then the next four or five were joint ventures. So when I look at my portfolio, I would say probably 80 
percent of the homes, probably even ninety, were joint ventures, because you because you you run out of money. Real estate investing is is it's it's taxing on your money. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, it, look at even some of the you know the, the like Donald Trump. Whether you like him, you don't. He had to do joint ventures. He had to he had to raise money. So people are always raising money. So once you understand how this works, you do not need to have the money. People think that you have to. You do not. Mm. And so for any transaction, there's three key components: money, people, deal. And so in the beginning, I got really good at finding the deals. Okay. And then I had the people, which were the 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 contractors and the um, the accountants and the lawyers. So I had two pieces. So the money was the piece that I didn't have. So as long as you control two pieces, the one of the other third will come. And so I became 50-50 joint ventures with my partners putting in most of the money and qualifying for the property. And were, and were your partners effectively silent partners and you were kind of running point on the people side of things and all that? Exactly, right? And so the money, when you get into this and really understand how this works, the money is not even the most important piece. Mm-hmm. People think it is because they, they lack it or they don't have it. But when you really understand it, the, the money is not important. And so I remember just before I left TD and people were like, well, what if the market crashes? What if you lose everything? And I remember there was a time when I was scared of that. But mm-hmm. now if I was to lose everything, I can't lose the skill sets. And so yeah. I would probably build it back even faster because I know how to raise money. I know how to find joint ventures. I know how to have those conversations. But it's because I've had it so many times and failed so many times in the beginning where I mm-hmm. think, you know, like, oh, my God, I completely screwed that up. Right. <laughs> and then, so if we want to talk about joint ventures, I think this is really important. I think a lot of times people go into a joint venture meeting or trying to find a partner where they're they're selling the deal right so they've got this performa they to say hey look let's check this deal here are the numbers and now they're they're looking at this deal what you're doing is you're changing the focus from you to this piece of paper and 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 so people um what where the focus should be is on you you should be selling the journey you should be selling yourself mm-hmm. so once i understood that when the meeting was over I would then say, hey, look, check out this deal that I'm looking at right now. If you're interested, let me know. I want to explain it to them. Just send, take it home. And so when they would get home, uh, here's what ends up happening is that people rarely remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And so that now if you're painting this beautiful picture of where you're going and what you're doing, then they, they want to go on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Now that's great advice. Before I ask anything else, I do want to make sure everybody who's watching knows jump in at any point in time with questions you've got for Gary, because we all we've talked a lot and we love to talk as much as possible. (laughs) But we will give the floor over to anybody who's got questions. But in saying that, let's go back to asking questions. Yeah, yeah. Does it show, do I get to see the questions too? Does it show up in the chat as well? Or? Um, they come up. I don't know if you're able to see them. They're on the Facebook group. They're on, and they, you might not be able to see them. Do you see okay. the, the comments coming through? or Private chat and comments, but, but, that, but that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll make sure to bring them up as soon as they come in. All right. Um, so if you, I was, I'm just looking at my notes here because I actually listened to a, um, your, your most recent podcast episode with Jared Hope. Um, Ooh, that was a, that was a good one. one. That was it? Okay. What's that? Yeah, that was Ron Uncut. 
that that was awesome. There's a lot of f bombs in there, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> there were. Um, but guys, if you don't listen, it's Real Talk with Gary. He's on all the platforms. We shared it in the group, but I can share it again. Um, but it was a great episode. I thought um, both of you had so much great advice. Um, I wanted to know from from that conversation. Like I know he was talking about. Um, just how things have changed since he started. And obviously have you have probably once you, since you've seen over the years as well, where do you see things going for investors in the next, let's say five years? Cause we know that Durham, Bowmanville, Peterborough is going bananas right now. Right. So are we just going to keep going further out until we reach like Ottawa or like, I, I, and I know Ottawa is crazy. Yeah. So it's kind of like that middle ground, yeah. <laughs> but, but where do you see things going? And maybe not even in terms of market, but also in terms of like how people are going to be able to work together to actually invest in homes. If it's more pooling more money or, or whatever it is. Yeah. So I think for the next five years, I think you'll still be able to invest in the Durham, Peterborough surrounding areas, right? Okay. I don't think you need to go to Ottawa. No. And, I, and, I, and I know this because number one, there's still properties in Peterborough you can buy for, you know, uh, under 300,000. Are they nice? Mm-hmm. No, they're garbage. But if you have a vision, if you have the right team, you can transform it into something that works well. It's no different than set, uh, downtown Oshawa, you know? They're, they're, those homes are going for like, you know, 253. Nobody wanted to touch them. Now people are eating them up. Yeah. Right. And so, but, but, you know, sometimes you just have to get into that market with somebody who's experienced that can walk you through that, that process. Um, number two, where do I see the market going? I think eventually you're going to have to see some type of a leveling out. I don't, I don't see a market crash. I know some people are talking about a market crash. I don't see it. The reason why I don't see it because is everything that's happening right now is based on monetary policy. And Mm -hmm. so you got to keep an eye on that. And I like to keep a close eye on what not just Canada's doing, but more importantly, what what is the Fed's doing? What are the US doing? And these guys are still printing money and they're keeping interest rates low. Now, can interest rates go up? Yes. I don't think it's going to skyrocket. So you just have to kind of keep a a close eye or a close pulse on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number three, when when I'm investing in real estate, I never invest for appreciation. I only invest for cash flow. I'll take the appreciation, but that's not why I'm doing it. And so I think this is a, a market when it's hot like this. This is where if you're not educated, this is where you're going to see some investors get potentially burned, where they're mm-hmm. going and they're, you know, I've got a lot of clients now that are calling me and they're like, hey, I want to flip. I want to I want to flip this property. But if you go to flip the property and that market turns on you and now you're, you're trying to flip an eight, nine hundred thousand dollar property and you think you're going to flip it for like one point two, one point three. This is where people can get themselves in trouble. And I've mm-hmm. seen people because one bad flip can wipe you out. Yeah, so you cool. always want to make sure you have multiple exit strategies. Um, I'm not sure if I answered that, but yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, no, that that was that was actually going to be my next question. So I was I was curious about the the difference between the people who are focused on the flip and focused on appreciation versus cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you actively advising against that as a strategy, or that's just more like what you said makes perfect logical sense? Because you're right, we've seen people who have come in with a flip approach and been burned. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that also ties in, I guess, to the three points. Like if you don't have the right people and your goal is flipping and you get burned just on what you thought was an easy process and, and right. the contractors and whoever else, 
mm-hmm. there's a lot of things beyond the money that can screw you there as well. So, right. um, yeah. so are, do you tend to direct your clients and the people who come to you then on a cash flow strategy, or does it still vary depending on what people's own objectives are for themselves? Yeah. So to me, I always say there isn't a right or wrong strategy. It's what suits your lifestyle. Number one. Number two, um, if you are going to flip, great. Make sure you have more than one exit strategy. If you only have one exit strategy and that is to sell the property at the end, then you are potentially setting yourself up for failure if mm-hmm. things change because you don't know when things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say multiple exit strategies, here's what I mean. Uh, you can sell the property or you can take a single family home, convert it to a two unit. And then if you can't sell it, then you can rent it out. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. So in 2017, the market was hot. If you guys remember, okay? yeah. <laughs> I bought an investment property April 20th or something like that. Kathleen mm-hmm. came out. What was it? April 21st or 22nd or something like that with the change mm-hmm. okay. destroyed me. She said, Gary, I'm talking to you. Yeah, exactly. She was like, did, Hey, did Gary Hibbert purchase that property over there? No, yeah. <laughs> make the announcement. Make the announcement. Go, go, exactly. Go. I, I swear. I think that's what she did. And so, <laughs> so what I'm saying though, is that somebody like myself who teaches this, and I've been doing it for years. You cannot time the market. If anybody thinks they can time the market, they're fooling themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, thank God I've had some great mentors over the years. And so I took that single family home that had a separate entrance. I converted into a, uh, a legal two unit, went through the city and everything. And that thing today, cash flow is like 900, almost a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So you can eat cash flow. You can't eat appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I'm saying with the flip. You can flip. Not, I'm not knocking flipping. I think flipping is, is good if that's what you like to do. Just make sure that you can get out of it different ways if you need to. Mm-hmm. Right. Just don't pigeonhole yourself into, uh, into a corner because it, it, it's not fun. And I've seen people in that situation. Yeah. And like, hey, Gary, so what do I do? Like, there's nothing. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No. There's no miracle. Yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't pray, pray. But like this one, nah, you stumped me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hope is not a strategy, as they yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. look, here's a great analogy. You walk in the street two o'clock in the morning, like two AM, and you see this rocking party happening. People mm-hmm. jumping off the roof, just they're 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 drinking, they're just having a grand old time. And, and this is the kind of market that we're in right now, where it's like it doesn't seem like you can't lose if you're, especially if you're selling um, or, or you're finding great properties. And so there's rocking par- par- parties happening. People's homes are going up 100, 200, $300,000. But the cops are around the corner. They're mm. always waiting. <laughs> and so you don't know when they're going to come. Yeah. So just stick to the fundamentals. Stick to things that have worked years over years over years that people ahead of me that I've been doing and I listen to them. And so anybody that's brand new, just find somebody that you that you enjoy listening to and listen and taking their advice. Right. Especially the ones that have gone through the mistakes like the, that Jared Hope podcast that I did, you know, great advice in there because he's been burned. Yeah. He almost, you know, he went down that bankruptcy road, right? So he knows he's seen it. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. No. 
Yeah, so uh, I didn't get the name because it's not showing up Navjot. on the Navjot. Yeah, so he, I mean, he kind of answered it there uh, in your last comment, but uh, he's a year old in the country. Um, so I think he's missing a number there. He's a something year old. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting my real estate license next month and want to start investing in real estate as well. Where and how do you think I should start? Where and how? Um, well, uh, there's a couple of different places that you can go and things that you can read. So Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you haven't read that book, mm. um, I like the number one book to read. Number two, uh, a really good friend of mine, unfortunately passed away last year, Stefan Arnio, Money People Deal. And that kind of talked about, I talked about the three pieces of any kind of a real estate transaction. So I highly recommend that you read that book as well, too, because, um, you know, being new to the country, um, you know, it, it might take some time to get your credit built up before you can maybe qualify. So if you can understand mm-hmm. the and, and get the experience or sorry, get the knowledge piece, then you might be able to find somebody that you can join venture with. Yeah. Right. And, and number three, um, look for real estate investment focus groups there's there's lots out there now it's, it's completely different from when i first started yeah you know i had to drive to like oakville and mississauga and you know and, and when i had my full-time job and get home at one o'clock in the morning and wake up at 5 30 and go to work but i was so determined to get the the education and i was like i can't believe like they're just giving this stuff away for like 20 or 30 bucks or 50 bucks a month it's crazy yeah you know and so exactly. sometimes you got to spend a bit of money on your education as well, too, when it comes to real estate investing. Don't don't be scared so, to, you know, you, you see some of these groups that they're like 40, 50 bucks. That's nothing. It's like six hundred dollars a year. Yeah. You know, I mean, people spend two or three thousand dollars on their breaks. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on, on a postcard. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. But, but yeah, just put some money into yourself. And and I'll tell you this. I've probably spent, man, I don't even know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars on my education. Mm-hmm. I still have a coach today, you know, um, even, even though I'm coaching as well, too. And it's always good to have somebody to mentor you, to coach you, to teach you, to share ideas. And, and here's the one thing I'll tell you is that um, there isn't any one magic bullet. These coaches give you these golden nuggets along the way. And it's just consistency in doing it and, 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 and um, always having somebody to hold you accountable. That's mm-hmm. what mentoring coaches there. Totally. Absolutely. It's a, that's a great segue into two questions we just got. One, which we can answer really quickly, um, which we missed, which was uh, Arnella asked, do you work with a realtor? We might, we might have neglected the fact that Gary is you a do. Realtor. You do work with a realtor. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I am a realtor. You are yeah. one. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, here's the thing, too. I'll, I'll add to that because yes, a lot of times people come to me and they don't even realize I'm a realtor. Because if you go on my Facebook page or my Instagram, like I don't really push it all that much. I do from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I am a realtor. <laughs> uh, and and Navjot actually followed up his question um, and asked, what can he do to get a mentor just like you? <laughs> hey. Hey. Well, <laughs> your number across the screen right now. Call now. Call the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Um, you, you, you can just reach out to me, um, or, you know, and, and again, look, if you don't resonate with me, that's fine as well, too, Mm -hmm. because I know lots of other great coaches as well, too. It just really kind of depends on what you're trying to do. Is it single family? Is it, is it multifamily? 
you know, and so the multifamily space is not my expertise. And so I know lots of people that are good at that single family, two unit conversions, garden suites, you know, those are things that I can help you with as well, too. That's awesome. And Jessica um, also made a great, has a great question. How do you know which groups are legit good info? Because you do see a lot of great or lots of ads for investing courses and exactly. all that kind yeah. of guaranteed, seminars. Quarter guaranteed. million dollars yeah. in the first year. Just <laughs> so how do you know? <laughs> Where do yeah. you go? How do you know? The best way to find out if they're legitimate is you want to find out that, number one, who, who's, who's running the ship? Number two, do they actually have investment properties? Mm. Do they yeah. have the experience or are they just teaching theoretical, right. right? Are they, are they saying you are going to, you can retire from your job this year? Um, you know, and, and then, they, uh, then that kind of goes to understanding smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant time. And so is it realistic that you can be a millionaire in a year? Probably not. And so you got to be careful of these, of these fake promises and um, pie in the sky. Real estate investing is not a get rich quick. It's a get rich for sure if you do it right. Right. And so you should be looking for people that are telling you that, not selling you these crazy dreams. Because right. think about it. You know, um, if you buy one investment property, um, or two investment properties, usually they might cash flow a couple hundred bucks a month if you're buying in the right area. How long would that take for you to be able to retire from your job if you're making 80000 a year or 70000 a year? How many homes do you need? You need 100 houses. Right. Okay, so to buy that many takes time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, and what's happening in the market right now is not normal either. Mm -hmm. It's happening because of monetary policies. Typically, what you would see over a course of, say, 50, 60 years is a 5% increase each year, right? Yeah. We're way out of that. We're at like, what, 22, 25, whatever it is, some crazy number. That's not normal. And right. so this is why now you're going to see a lot of gurus and mentors and coaches come out of this now saying, hey, I can teach you how to invest in real estate. So just find out. How many properties have you bought? You know, mm -hmm. How long have you been doing it for? Right. That's great advice. If I'm investing, if I'm someone who comes to you and is thinking about investing, what is your, not the monetary side of the formula, so to speak, but the sweet spot of where someone should want to be in terms of their time? Like you talk about people who might grow a portfolio of a dozen, 50, 100 homes. For people like that, they're not on the phone all day with all the people at all the properties. So it's part of the, the system that everything runs on its own once you've got it in its sweet spot and you just basically, for lack of a better word, collect a check at the end of every month and that's it? it is that the goal? Be. That is the goal. It, it, it can be. Um, but I mean, there's still some involvement. But yes, you can, you can definitely put systems into place. Um, I'll give you an example. So like property management, right? That, that's, a, that's a huge piece. Right. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can either manage a property yourself or you can get a property manager. Here's the thing that people don't realize is that you still have to manage either the property or your property manager. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then that means then you have to either find, get an admin that can do that as well to them. But then you're always managing an admin. 
right? So Somebody's got to answer to you. Yeah. yeah. So, there's still, so there's still some involvement, but yes, you can put systems in place to make it run a little bit smoother and 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 some less involvement as well too. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, you can definitely do it 100%. And so for me, a lot of the properties I do manage myself. I do have some property managers, but I've also um, been really good at being able to pick the right tenants for my properties as well, too. And I'll give you an example. So if a tenant calls me and says, hey, Gary, because people think that, oh, well, if I get a property, I got to go and fix the leaky faucet or I've got to go into. No, you don't. So mm -hmm. a tenant calls me and says, hey, I got a leaky faucet. Okay, cool. I call my plumber. Hey, look, there's a leaky faucet in my property over at, you know, one, two, three, anywhere street. Okay. It goes over there. Hey, Gary's $300. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Fix it. Okay. Here's the, here's the invoice. All right. Thank you. So it's either, mm -hmm. um, I do that or my property manager is going to call me and say, Hey, Gary, there's a leaky faucet. Okay, cool. Go ahead fix it. Okay, Gary, we're the, I'm still getting the same phone call. Is this right. originated yeah. from a different yeah. source? Yeah. And, and you're paying two people instead of one. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't, I'm not the one going there and fixing any of these issues. I just have to make sure that I've got the right systems in place and the right team in place to be able to do what I need them to do for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That's the hard part is getting that set up. But once it's set up, it's easy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question is talking just about um, what are some ways to find good cash flow properties when it's highly competitive? Um, and this is coming from Jessica. I know she works in like the Kingston area. So right now their market is insane with bidding wars um, like we're seeing as well, you know? So what's your recommendation? Great, great there? Question. Here's, here's a, here's great advice. So when you're going out with your client to go look, sorry, just to look for an investment property. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's great advice. I'm actually going out today to go look at some investment properties in Peterborough. So I will take a look, I'll see what's out there. And then I always throw in one or two properties that have passed the offer date mm. because sometimes people miss golden nuggets. Mm. All the golden nuggets don't always get taken. And so yeah. there's one right now, I shouldn't even say, but it's in Peterborough. But it's a great opportunity. And so now I'm going to go in there and we're going to mm -hmm. grab this guaranteed. Right. So always throw properties that have missed the offer date in there. Just look, even though it might look ugly, sometimes, and I'm sure you've seen this before, um, uh, Katie and Daniel, you go into, like, you look at property and like, ah, eh. you look at it again the next day, eh. and then you finally like, ah, you know, there's nothing else. Let me go look at it and like, oh my God, this is actually yeah. better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because so sometimes the pictures don't do it justice. Yeah. So just look for properties that have been sitting in the market for a little while. Those are what you'd call your, your, your low hanging fruits. Ones mm. that people have just missed. And it yeah. happens all the time. It's true. Yeah, right? you're right. Look, I'm looking at my board right now. We've got like, we picked up like 20 properties so far this year. They all cash flow. Yeah. So there, mm. there's deals out there. Just, you just, you gotta, you gotta start looking at properties that people are missing. Yeah. That's great they're advice. There. They're there. Yeah. Right. No, all the time. Yeah, we see it too. It's just, yeah, you know, don't think about it that way. So right. it's great. Yeah. Next question. Do you want to? Sure. I'll, I'll read the next question. Sure. Read it. <laughs> They're coming in fast and furious. I know. Good questions. I like these. This is good. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. We've got a question here. So this individual is coming from India, has a big network in India. How can a foreign investor invest in Canadian residential properties? Can they invest as an individual or do they need to open a corporation? here or use a corporation you can invest as an individual um i don't 
think that in the beginning you need a corporation. You're going to go to some of these events and you're like, you need this corporation, this three-tier corporation. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. We got a holding company and you got a property mm -hmm. management company. You, you don't need all that, not in the beginning. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, because every corporation you create is like another entity. And it's another entity that you also have to file taxes for. And to start up a corporation, you're looking at two to three thousand dollars. Then you've got three of these things and you got to file taxes for these things every single year. Yeah. And, and now all of a sudden, maybe you only have one property. You're going to do all that work for one or yeah, all that work for just one investment property. Yeah. No. So, mm -hmm. however, I also want to say this as well, too. I am not an accountant. So make sure you get some advice from a, a good accountant and an accountant that also works with real estate investors as well, too. And so when our portfolio was growing, you know, my accountant said, you don't need a corporation. And then eventually he's like, OK, you need a corporation. And so I'm not an accountant. And so I want my accountant who understands what I'm doing to give me the advice on when it's time for me to create a corporation, not the other way around. I'm not going to go to my accountant and say, hey, I need you to do this, this and this for me. Uh, I want my accountant to tell me what to do so I can continue to be a realtor and a real estate investor. And my accountant can be an accountant and my lawyer can be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So I understand it at a high level, but I definitely don't understand what's happening all the time. I'm looking, I'm like, OK, I trust you. Let's do it. Go. Yeah, all right. no, that's great. Yeah. Um, so somebody's asking single family or multi-unit residential. Um, I guess that's just what would you recommend? Um, again, no right or wrong strategies is what suits your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't take you more than about four months to kind of figure out a strategy that you like. And so you can do it by, again, attending webinars, seminars, Zoom calls, um, and see what you like. Take take a look at the pros and the cons of each one. Um, you know, single family, obviously, in this market is a little bit more difficult, but you can find them. I mean, I found a single family last year in October. It cash flows you know, like three or four hundred bucks a month. They're there. Hmm. You, just, you, you just have to look and think a little bit outside the box. Um, the two units, though, that's a great strategy. Um, however, um, you know, you got a family living uh, upstairs and one downstairs. So you do get a little bit more turnover in that. And sometimes they don't agree with each other, but you're going to get more cash flow. Um, what I like right now are the garden suites. Garden suites are great. Um, mm -hmm. You just have to check the municipality to see whether or not uh, it can be done. Uh, garden suite, is, they're, they're called different things, garden suite or laneway or a, a yeah. suite. And, uh, and so essentially what you're doing is you're just building another um, unit or building uh, in the backyard somewhere. And so that's great because now you can rent out that whole house for, you know, depending on where you are for a lot more. And then you can also rent out a brand new property that you just built for maybe 150, 175 uh, for a good amount of money as well too. So those are great. So don't be scared to think a little bit outside the box. Right. Yeah. Now, given that there's a lot of people in this group that are in Toronto, the surrounding areas, what are your thoughts on pre-construction condos or do you have an opinion on that as an investment? Right. So if you're going to do pre-construction condos, um, you got to run your numbers. And what, what can you rent that out for? And is it going to cash flow? Because if you don't, then that's called speculation. Yeah. And then that goes back to that story that I talked about, you know, seeing that party that's happening at two o'clock in the morning, the cops potentially being around the corner because there's nothing worse. And now all of a sudden it closes and you got to close on this thing. 
and, uh, and, and it's come down in price and you can't rent it out for um, more than your carrying costs. Yeah. Right. Now, I know there's people out there that say, hey, yeah, but you know what? If it's only a negative 100 or 200 a month cash flow, then that's OK. And, and again, look, it, it's 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 your prerogative, obviously. Yeah. But for all the investors that I've worked with, we have never bought a condo. There are so mm -hmm. many other ways that you can do this. You don't have to always follow what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Right. Great so I, I just don't like to speculate. I like to do the fundamentals and uh and find properties that cash flow because again you can eat cash flow you can't eat appreciation yeah for sure okay there's two more questions here and then yeah. get them all in right now because we're, we're almost we're almost at the top of the hour here so <laughs> but two more questions the first one very technical question but straightforward high cap low growth or low cap high growth feedback that's the whole question so sorry saying it's a low so low cap, high growth or yeah. high cap, low growth. I like high cap, low growth. And I guess that that's more moving again to like um, your secondary markets. Right. Um, right. Uh, because it, it, it and the other thing as well too, in those secondary markets, right. Is that, um, you know, yes, the growth is a little bit lower, but I like boring real estate <laughs> I like it because then you don't like what's happening right now is way too much excitement. You know, I want it boring. I want it simple. And, and, and I'm doing it for cash flow, doing it for generational wealth. Right. And when right. it's boring, then, um, you, you know, you don't have to be competing and, and paying maybe a little bit more for some of these properties um that uh, that's that you're seeing in the market today mm. right so right. i've always been investing in in those secondary markets i love them tenants are great and they and they slowly come up you prefer the cops that's my personal preference right and again there's just people that do it the other way and there's nothing wrong with it right um right. find a strategy that suits your lifestyle mm -hmm. for Makes sure sense. well it's like using the cop analogy you'd rather they come around the corner and say it's beautiful weather we're having isn't it yeah. rather than exactly. saying thing down exactly yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't want that breaking yeah. news yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that hot new investment property exactly, uh, exactly. Um, so okay the last question we've got here it opens with you make it seem so easy but you're gonna we're all gonna take that as a compliment here that's okay, that's that's well, thank you thank that's you. a compliment yeah. how much do you usually put down and how much money are you spending up front so i guess that's Sort sort of I guess down payment plus initial closing and maybe setup costs to get the place in uh, in order for. So how much am I putting down? So putting you got to put down twenty percent, all right. Mm -hmm. um, depending on the property, I mean I, I picked up a turnkey single family in Peterborough for three thirty, rented out for two thousand dollars a month. Wow. So that was it done. Now how much did I put out of my pocket? Um, I think I put closing costs and then mm -hmm. my investor put the down payment. So I, me personally, I put in, you know, five or $6,000, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so my return on my investment is like, I don't even know. Like it's just crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Like the appreciation, the mortgage pay down, the cash flow, uh, you know, when you, and when you got only five or $6,000 in it. Now, again, I make it sound easy. I do, but that took years of experience. Wow. 
um, right. To, right. To, to get to that, right? And so now, it's, it's, you know, investors are coming to me and wanting to invest. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're doing this on your own, um, if you're doing a single family right now with the interest rates, I mean, you, you know, if you can find something in the, the mid 300s, um, if you're in the right market, uh, it, it, it should cash flow. Again, just run your numbers, grab a performa, put everything in, make sure you put your soft costs in. And so for something like that, you'd probably be looking at around, you know, 70 to 80,000 out of pocket. Depending if it's in rough shape, you may have to put maybe, you know, 10 or 20,000 to, to kind of clean it up. Yeah. 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 And if you want to convert it to a legal two unit, now you're talking more in the 70 to 90,000 range on top of your down payment. So it does, it does start getting costly, but there right. are ways around it. Don't let money hold you back. I'm gonna tell you this right now. There's a great way to maybe kind of get closer to the end here is money is an illusion. Yeah. You, people think you have to have the money in your pocket. You don't. All the properties that I've ever bought have either been using the bank's money or other people's money. I've mm -hmm. never used any of my own money for any of these properties. And so now it's about how do you look good on credit? How do you look good uh, to other people? And this is about now being attractive, not physically, but mentally. And if you can get the mindset piece right, the money is, don't worry about the money. The, the, the worry about what you want because I'm big on the whiteboard and the vision board, the how is none of your business. <laughs> that's awesome. It's as simple as that. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And I think that's a great way to end things off. Yeah. I that's, that's the closing quote. Yeah, right? exactly. Worry about the why, the how is none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> I did have one more thing to wrap it up. And I just wanted to, I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in, there's, because now there's so much education out there. You can go on YouTube, you can take seminars, you can go, you could spend five years trying to figure out how to be that perfect investor, how to service your investor clients. Right. At what point or what recommendations do you have for people to just finally step out and get out there and start doing versus hiding behind the learning part? Because obviously the learning is important, but at some point you kind of have to make that shift. So do you have any recommendations there? For the, and these are for the realtors, like how do they start? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what I did and when I really kind of got things going was I remember I joined uh, a group and uh, they then gave me a, a coach and the coach then said, okay, so we need you to get approved. This is for buying an investment property, right? Mm -hmm, right. And then I got approved. Um, and, and, and so what I'm saying is you got to just start the motion just one thing at a time don't even think about the investment property just start the process well what's next i gotta get approved okay now you're approved okay you're approved for x amount cool uh i can start looking for properties that are four hundred thousand. then you start looking for properties that are four hundred thousand. then just mm -hmm. go out there look at a couple of them come back home run the numbers go back out again run the numbers and That's you true. just have to just you just got to go just get into the habit of it and then before you know it you're like hey i found a property that works and you put the offer in. It's not going to work if you just sit at your desk and run these numbers. You actually have to go onto the field, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the best advice that I can tell you. Yeah. Right. Go out in the field, either if, if it's not even, I used to do it all by myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have a client, just pretending, like, hey, let me check this property, let me check this property out. Yeah. Right? 
And, mm -hmm. uh, and so now people look at it and again, like, oh, you make it look so easy, but they don't see all the hours and the time and all the stuff that goes in behind it. Listen, mm -hmm. when I first started my newsletter, I had like four people following me. Me, my my two kids, and my wife. <laughs> I'm just blogging to them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now you know I've got thousands of people that that follow me on, you know, on my newsletters, and you know I've got uh, social media now, and so it's just just start. Yeah. And don't worry about what anybody thinks of you or what you, what you're saying. Most people mm -hmm. don't even care. Yeah. All right, they scroll through and they click off. They click a like. That's yeah, right. moving on. That's yeah, right. click. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So just start doing some stuff. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Thank you so much for for joining us today. It was so fun, and we learned so much. Um, how can people find you? Maybe talk a little bit about your podcast and just how to connect with you the best. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm really kind of enjoying a lot right now is a podcast is called Real Talk with Gary. So you can find me on uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I think there's like maybe seven, eight other different platforms to that. Um, they can also reach out to me uh, on my email, Gary at smarthomechoice.ca, or they can also check out the website as well too, where they can kind of see any of the events that we have happening at smarthomechoice.ca. Perfect. Cool. And is that where they can also sign up for the newsletter if they want exactly. to? Exactly. Yep. Awesome. So they can join the, the newsletter that started off with four people. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and all the upcoming events that we have and uh, some of the new podcasts that are coming out as well, too. Perfect. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I'm guessing at least a dozen people who are watching are already driving to Peterborough and they're going to find that gold <laughs> nugget before you do. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good it's all good you know what and, and i mean even like for all the stuff that we're doing i people like by you know i'm always like man i'm sharing all this information and chris quit like gary you're telling them all of our spots where we're um you know investing I'm like yeah because you know what when, when you really take a look at it for the investors there's only five percent i think of the population in canada that are even investing in real estate Take yeah. a look at your own hand of how many people that you know that invest in real estate. It's not right. that big, but when you're in it, it seems like there's a lot. So again, there's a lot, there's always deals out there. You just got to just be creative, think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, 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 it's, it's as simple as that. I know I'm thinking it sounds easy, but it really is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, when you break it down like that and just going back to like, you know, when you have a number in mind, like the 400,000 or whatever, I'm like, okay, that's a cheap, that can be done. We can all do that. So let's start there. And as you said, work your way up from there. And that's really helpful advice. Yeah. Go on to Treb and just do a search for homes yeah. under 400,000. Yeah. It'll light up. Maybe not Road in Toronto, <laughs> yeah. not Toronto, but it yeah. will light up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those properties. Yeah. And then, and then we can compete. That's right. <laughs> we'll compare notes. Yeah, I'm right. looking at those ones as well too, right? So, but yeah. uh, they're there. There's there's a there's an abundance out there. Don't don't be scared. Don't think that oh, there's no way I can get to the market. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up.